Fox Sports 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, The Gambler. In Philly, there's a group that brings diehard sports fans together as one big family through tailgate and road trips. Now the guys from Green Legion are bringing the tailgate to the airwaves. Quimby, Hollis Tank Thomas, Michael Diaz, and Chris Sack always keep the party going, so crack a beer. Take a shot and join the virtual tailgate now on Green Legion Radio. All right. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. My name is Quimby, and we have got a live show tonight from Bucks County, South Jersey, Conshohocken, Center City, Northern Liberties. And Costa Rica, everybody. Yes, that's it. I'm the ass in shorts. Sorry. Did I get rid of did I get did I get one already? Oh Sorry. my god. Uh, really? I'm wearing shorts too. Yeah, but two I'm minutes out. in. Two yeah, minutes I'm in. I'm outside. Round the outside, <laughs> round the outside. Everybody. I'm joined alongside my distinguished panel. Super <laughs> Sam Ross. Michael, shut up, Diaz. What up, Critic buddy? Sack. Master slash sack attack slash Reggie. Ooh, ah, ah. You guys messed up, man. Come on. We've got to get that one together. And, of course, right. we got Slash and the Gobbler with us. I know. We're being a little silly. Of course, I'm Terrell Wentz, everybody. Uh, I am the total <laughs> diva package in Philadelphia. And, uh, of course, joined alongside the backbone of Green Legion Radio, Number 78 in your program, number one in your heart, 15-year NFL vet, 10 years with your Philadelphia Eagles, Mr. Hollis. Tank Thomas, what's up, baby? Uh, chilling, chilling literally here. Uh, how cold <laughs> is it there, you guys? It's, uh, it, well, the weather says 43, but there's 20 to 30 mile per hour winds. Uh, well, we had Papagayo winds today down here in the Guanacosta region. It actually rained here today, and it's not supposed to rain a drop between mid-December and mid-September. So, as a little strange. Obviously, this has something to do with global warming. <laughs> you believe in science? Come on now. No, heck no. All right, everybody. Green Legion Radio, do not forget. You can rate, review, subscribe, and download us by searching for Green Legion Radio on iTunes and Google Play. You can also just do the simplest thing which is download the iHeartRadio app, and then you can listen to all three shows, Green Legion Radio, Ice to Shorts, Winter Sports, and, of course, Get Tanked Happy Hour. We had a good Get Tanked on Monday, brother. Yes, it was It was awesome. It was tremendous. We're, I enjoyed uh, myself. Yeah, yeah. We, we and, and I got the Internet issue fixed. When I got down here and started the show, I found out I had 20 megabytes of download and upload speed, and I'm like, oh, that's a problem. So... Uh, Copa Guanacosta came out today, and we have a hundred download and a hundred love, love that company. Load, right? Yeah, so I love that company. It's your favorite, right? My favorite. Yeah. You know what? My favorite part of you right now it's your shirt, baby. Way to way to way to represent John Dorenzi getting Bud Lighted out over here on Green Legion Radio. We appreciate that, you guys. Green Legion Radio, like I said, brought to you by Bud Light, also by Stateside Vodka. That's premium distilled vodka right here in Fishtown. MCS Construction Services, the largest residential contractor in the Philadelphia area. The NextSip.com, hands-free drinking, COVID acceptable. All the Kavanaugh's refs, restaurants, River Deck, Head House, Rittenhouse, and University City. The beautiful ladies over at Delilah's. And don't forget our friends at City Fitness Philadelphia and across the bridge at Echelon Health and Fitness. 
Hollis. Yep. What happened this week in sports history and what happened this week in Hollis history, my man? Well, as you know, as everybody knows, it's January the 21st, 2021. It's the 21st day of the year. There's 344 of these puppies remaining. So we're going to start off with some events. It's, since it's championship weekend, NFC and AFC championship weekend, I picked out three of the Eagles ship, uh, NFC championships because just because. So I picked <laughs> out the, <laughs> the first one I picked out was, uh, was actually two, 2004. Uh, obviously, 2004. Atlanta Falcons, January. Uh, we played the Atlanta Falcons, January the twenty third, two thousand five. Eagles beat the Falcons twenty seven to ten. Some I was going to ask you guys a question. Were some of you guys some of the ones who helped shovel out the stadium? No, <laughs> I was in line at our friends Chickies and Pete's in South Philadelphia waiting to get in. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had the uh, the the obviously NFC Championship game that played against Arizona in two thousand eight. Uh, where we well, when I left the field, we were ahead. We we ended up losing to the Cardinals twenty five to thirty two, and then the most recent one, the 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 best one, two thousand and seventeen, where we won one. They went on to win the Super Bowl. We beat the uh, Minnesota, we throttled the Minnesota Vikings, and they and they were talking trash when they were coming in here. Well, so if, you rem- if you remember in that game, they came down, they drove the ball on the first drive. It was a legit. Awesome. It was a legit. You know. We're we're kicking your ass, drive. Uh, would it take up like six or seven minutes? And they just yep. we we had no answer for him whatsoever. And, and well, pretty much everything changed after that. <laughs> yep. And then I had some quick birthdays. Uh, tomorrow's my daughter Hadia Hadia's birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> hey, Ken, 20- you got to remember to keep away from that microphone, baby. Oh, my bad. Sorry about that. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter's birthday was J- uh, January the 20th. The Axe Man. And then we also have one of my one, one of my uh, classmates as far as like coming to the Eagles. We both came in as free agents, undrafted free agents. Stephen Bubba Miller, number 1973. Wow. Uh, Benny Hill's birthday is today. I know some of you guys are old <laughs> enough to remember Benny Hill, 1924. And uh, it was and Billy Ocean and Rick Ross' birthday today. Billy, oh, oh, Billy Ocean. Yes, Caribbean Queen. Now we oh. share the same thing. Queen. Hey, and today's Queen. national holidays are it's National Granola Bar Day yeah. and Clam Chowder Day and Get to Know Your Customer Day. Mm. Uh. Hey, now, on the, I don't, don't want to do that at all. Where to get to know your customer day? You don't want to do that. <laughs> we try well, to keep uh, Quimby as far away from the customers as possible. <laughs> well, well, we uh, we was on a on my Monday show. Me and, uh, <laughs> on Monday show, me and Quimby talked about some of the playoff games uh, that I was a part of with the Eagles. Uh, th- today, I was going to talk about the the Atlanta Falcons game because I love the way that game unfolded and it, and it came out, and it, it just the whole city the whole city was behind us. You wake up that morning. And you realize it has snowed a lot, but then you see everybody down there at the stadium shoveling out the shoveling out the stadium for nothing, and the, and do the electricity and, and they the, finally getting over being part being part of a rebuild and finally getting over the hump to actually go to go to the Super Bowl and and the, and the fans that's why you, that's why you love love to play in Philadelphia just because of the mostly because of the fans that's the loudest I've ever heard it besides besides the dome because the dome is closed in. That's the loudest I've ever heard anybody cheer, and it wow. was it, it, it was just it was like one of the most spectacular moments uh, of my life. So, uh, that's I appreciate cool, man. I appreciate the fans and stuff for uh, continuing. Well, that's why that's why I came back, baby. 
Oh yeah, we just continue to give me the love, uh, the love while I was here, and it, it's just like it, it puts everything in perspective. Just in general, I didn't mean to get real sentimental on you, but it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry, get sentimental on me uh, tomorrow when I uh, post a picture of of you at a uh, at a black tie event in uh, SpongeBob pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> you liked that, didn't you? I did. I told I told them where to go. Black tie my ass. <laughs> wait, wait, there's so many ways we can go with those three words and you in that sense. <laughs> yep, that's why I said it. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate no problem, that. Man. As always, Brother Tank. All right. Uh, we also now, uh, well, we got a lot of topics once again. We always have a lot of topics because we only have a one-week show. We can't figure out how to talk for two hours. We suck. Uh, the Carson Wentz topic, not finished. I know it's starting to get stale. He's an ass, but it's not finished. And we're going to dive into it a little bit more. I, Tank and I talked a lot about it on Monday. I don't know how much Diaz talked about it last night, but I, I definitely want Sack and Diaz's opinions on some of the, the tougher questions that uh, that we uh, we had here. Uh, and it looks like Sack's video is frozen right now. There he is. <laughs> no, he was just looking – uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about three ring bleep shows in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saints and Drew Brees, Jason Peters, Josh McDaniels, Archie Bradley, and of course Super Sam has something she wants to get off her chest, which Ooh. should which should be uh, a, a, a pretty comical set. Uh, I don't think it's important to talk about again. Well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to. All right, everybody, it's time for another segment of Kick Ass or Jackass. And since I was a lazy puke today, uh, running around trying to get this internet up and uh, and effective, I didn't do any. But I understand, uh, Tank, you got some. Yes, I do. And Diaz, you have some. Right on, buddy. And Sackbath has got a couple as well, right? Yes, sir. Let's roll. All right, let's do it. Tank. Yes, you sir. Start, brother. Okay, kick-ass or jackass, Kellen Moore of the Dallas Cowboys being interviewed to be an Eagles coach. We'll start with Quimby. Orlando Scandrick. <laughs> jackass. 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 I don't want any Dallas hand-me-downs. Jackass. Big jackass. That is so boring of a hire, jackass. <laughs> Apparently, he's Sean Payton Jr., and Sean Payton hasn't won a damn thing in over a decade, so I'll say jackass to that. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Just anytime, anytime we think of retreading a Cowboys player or coach, it, 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 it pisses me off. I have one, I have one other kick-ass or jackass. Please. The, the GM of the Mets. Sending uh, <laughs> unsolicited penis shots. <laughs> we'll start with Quimby. Kick ass or jackass? Kick ass. <laughs> jackass. Anything LOL Mets is jackass. Diaz, come back just a hair from your microphone, buddy. I'm torn. I mean, they're unsolicited, so I'll go with jackass, but I'm torn. I've thought long and hard about this. If anybody's watching your video on Facebook Live, they're worried about you using long and hard and how dark it is in your room right now. <laughs> I was just noticing that. Sack <laughs> Bastard. Uh, listen, when, when it goes 62 messages and she doesn't answer, listen, bro, she ain't that into you. 
Wow. It's like that, it's like that clip from Swingers where the uh, he calls up Nikki eighteen times in a row. Like, oh no, dude, stop! <laughs> uh, it's Brian after he's on the Bachelorette on Family Guy. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and he, it was the the jackass part of it was to send an unsolicited picture, knowing, and she's turned you down eighty some times. So you, she, you're just harassing her at that point. The, those are the only two I had, but I had to get them out there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Sackmaster, <laughs> why don't you go next? Okay. Uh, how about taking a fifty thousand dollar vacation? Um, from the NBA for two to three weeks just for the hell of it, like Kyrie Irving. Kick ass. I need my sexcations. <laughs> Kick ass. There's a pandemic going on, man. Take it easy. <laughs> uh, that's, say you missed seven games, right? Seven games? I'm going to uh, say jackass. Around there, yes. He did just up and left. Just, eh, I don't feel like playing basketball right now. Slash. Um, jackass, I hate Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Jackass, uh, he, I felt like he left his team out to dry and he knew what was going on. It's like if you felt like you needed that, the season is shortened anyway. And you know he, you know he lost uh, $482,000 per game that he w- didn't play? Uh, so he has to get rid of the card. Right. <laughs> uh, but Jackass, that was that was bad. That was a bad move and, and a bad look. Okay. What else you got, Zach? Um, my next one is smelling salts with Patrick Mahomes on the sideline at the, during the course of the uh, during the course of the game the other day on Sunday. Quimby. What was that? What was that one again? Uh, smelling salts with Patrick Mahomes on the sideline when he got knocked the. You know, out uh, <laughs> smelling the sauce with Pat Mahomes on uh, this past Sunday. Uh, I don't know. Uh, didn't McNabb have smelling salts in a huddle uh, in uh, the Super Bowl? <laughs> well, I think I think his saltines yeah. got tossed up. <laughs> his cookies were tossed and going to getting tossed everywhere. Is what from what I understand. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm go- I want to say kick ass, but now I want to say jackass. NFL, get your cameras out of there. It's supposed to be safety league. You're letting these dudes play with concussions. Get the hell out of here. Right? Jackass. Jackass. Yeah, jackass. Yeah, it, it, it was jackass mainly because uh, when, you, when you look at it, you saw I saw him go out when he went down. I, he was knocked out. The ball came loose, was coming loose, and you can see his eyes rolled in the back of his head. So the fact that they let that be put on TV and they're not saying anything else, that's jackass. Hollis, I think the one thing that they were looking for was they were looking for head-to-head contact or his head hitting off the ground. But the way that the way that Wilson tackled mm-hmm. him and got him around the neck, they, yeah, exactly. That's kind of the, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how I looked at it. Like his, yeah. his eyes, like kind of rolled into the back of his head. But, but did uh, you did you see when he was actually hit? How his body went limp. If you watch boxing and the boxer gets knocked out like that. They body this how, this how his body went just lip when dude right. jumped around his neck. Yep. He looked like a marionette. They were picking him up and his arms and legs were going all over. <laughs> weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> uh, hopefully we have him back for this weekend because nobody wants to see Chad Henney versus uh, no Josh God. Allen. So no uh, I, I know that's your fantasy matchup right there, Hollis. And Diaz, uh, let's get to your kick ass or jackass. Uh, I'm I'm upset that Hollis took my first one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, checking the LOL, LOL Mets GM candidates' phone history before you hire them. 
<laughs> all around jackass. Uh, how about this one? Blocking any other NFL team from interviewing Dave Fipp. <laughs> oh man, kickass yeah, or jackass Hollis? Uh, that's jackass, man. You can't you can't block a man from getting another job, and it, uh, and, and they're and they're enduring themselves. To the fans, how again? How how is Howie and uh and Jeffrey Lurie endearing themselves to the people? Come on, man. Well, also it's the simple fact that it wasn't part part of the report last week that uh, one of the reasons why Doug was going to get fired was because he wanted to keep the, um, Doug fit. So you know, like it really doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense to me. I think he sucks. Just let the guy get interviewed and let him go someplace else. So in my opinion, for the Eagles, it's jackass. I. I I'm, I'm going to bring up a very <laughs> relative situation. <laughs> Tony, Tony Palmer got Hollis a birthday present. It was a, med- <laughs> it was a medical bracelet that said, delete my browser history. <laughs> I, I currently have it on. <laughs> Kick ass. <laughs> Sam, what do you got? Jackass. Jackass. Let, let the man get a job. All right, here's my last kick-ass or jackass real, tonight. Real quick, Diaz. Yeah. I don't even know who Dave Fitt is. I don't even know that name. <laughs> Special wouldn't know, if I, wouldn't know him if I fell over him. Yeah. Uh, this is the last one here. Uh, Delilah's opening this Monday, January 25th. Kick-ass or jackass Hollis? Kick ass. Kick ass. <laughs> it's only kick ass if Hollis doesn't go with Rob Valivas when it opens up because we all know Rob doesn't have game. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I won't be there. And they don't have strip clubs down here in Guanacaste. So. Oh, they got much worse down there in Guanacaste. It's kick ass. No, they don't have that down in Guanacaste, man. You got to go to San Jose or Haco. But uh, yeah. yeah. All right, man. I- that's good stuff. I support the uh, anyone who wants to work. Kick ass. <laughs> Kick ass for me. <laughs> right on. We can see by how your bedroom looks. It's not my bedroom. <laughs> Lots of towels on the wall. What are they from? <laughs> they weren't white when I got them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And just in case you guys wanted to know what's going on in the Green Legion Radio Studios here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is great. All right, everybody, awesome. Good segment of kick-ass or jackass, but uh, <laughs> Diaz, what do you got to say? It's not what I have to say. It's what Kyle's relative, Scott Nunnemaker, has to say, that those towels in the background stand up on their own. <laughs> Check out the video. <laughs> Too funny. All right, everybody, let's get into some of our topics. And uh, Look, again, the Carson Wentz conversation, I, I, you know, I think it's getting stale. I think we, I think we're a little shocked by Jeff McLean's article uh, from the Inquirer uh, uh, the beginning of the week, but it, it all kind of makes sense right now. I don't know if you guys agree with me or, or, or not, but now that some of this information is coming to light, it, it it really suggests all of our fears with this club for the last three years, kid. Do you agree with me on that one, Zach? 
my whole outlook on this Jeff McLean article is it, it really makes the coaches look bad. Um, and, and, and listen, it, you know, you want to say what you want to say about how it makes Carson look. And we've already had a couple articles before about how it makes Carson look as a, as a player and a teammate. Listen, man, at the end of the day, these guys that are in there, okay, Press Taylor and Doug Peterson and whoever else, Scangarella and the Morning Wag, these guys right here are paid to do a job. And if the quarterback is not listening to them, how does this make them look in the grand scheme of things that they can't get this guy to go out there and do it in practice? And he goes, eh, I don't want to. Like, really, in reality, you guys are the coaches. You guys are the staff. You guys are the ones that have to get him reined in and get the things situated and fixed. And you're just going to sit there and let him talk to you and let you say, nah, I really don't feel like doing that. Like, come on, man. Like you guys are the, you guys are the coaches. You guys are the ones that need to set the tone. And if you're not doing it with the franchise quarterback, what other things are you allowing every other player in that locker room to get away with? Because that's where the accountability goes right out the window. Diaz. Uh, of course, we would have Sack apologizing for Carson Wentz still. Um, you know, I, I think what, what happened here, we, this wasn't shocking this week because we heard this two weeks ago or two years ago in Joe Santa Laquito's article on Philly Voice. I had Matt Mullen uh, in on our show last night uh, just because of this very issue. I was like, you know, this, I've heard this all before. This latest article had a little more um, actual meat and like situations, not this general attitude of superiority that he gives off. So there was actual meetings. I was thinking this during the year. How many times did you hear kill, 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 kill? People wanted to blame Doug's play calling, which wasn't great. But Carson seemed to kill 50% of the plays. I'm just making that number up. And this is a part of a broader problem with him. Zach, I hear you. What do the coaches supposed to do? It's like, what do you want to do? He's he's Howie's man. He's going above the coach's head. We we talk a lot, or the, the talk of Doug getting hired was he's got this emotional intelligence. I think it was just he was willing to get let be pushed around because we're gonna have a hard time getting a coach here that is going to work where Howie gets to pick his his coaching staff, Howie gets to pick the players, and Howie gets to pick the quarterback. So you know, like blaming the coaches all right you know they might not be pushover they're in a, a rough situation you're the coach you call the plays and then your quarterback says eh, i'm not going to do them i blame the, the quarterback on that i'm not blaming the coaches listen i'm not taking anything away i'm quimby just real fast i'm not taking anything away and trying to take everything off of carson here okay but really in reality my point is is that is it really makes the coaches look bad when they can't get this guy to go out there and practice it and get it right that that's the bad part for me. Quimby, back to you. Hollis actually had something he wanted to add. Yeah, uh, you guys are, are partially right, but when the but when the powers that be uh, force you to play this kid, he's lead, lead, he's leads the league in interceptions, and he doesn't take he's not taking coaching. That's not on the coaches. You remember the coach is still going to get a job somewhere else. That's on his ass. He has a small window to play, and he's screwing it up already because nobody really wants to deal with the prima donna. You've done nothing to earn any of what you're saying. And point. Point blank, he he's changing calls to kill, kill, kills. They're RPOs. It's called decision making. At some point, you have to get off your ass and be a player. Players make plays. Coaches coach you, but players make plays. And at some point, you have to make you have to make those plays. And you, everybody keeps kissing his ass and talking about this and that. He threw twelve interceptions himself. 
he threw those himself, not nobody else. He stands back there and holds the ball. It's called decision-making. If you notice, every time we put a backup quarterback in, how smooth the machine ran. Point blank, he, he's not taking the coaching. He's changing. There was the only one time that happened, though, Tank. So, I mean, we don't it's have it's a, it's a, it's we, don't, we don't have a We don't have a big focus group there. You, you don't have to have a big focus group. You saw, you saw it happen after he came back from injury, and then you saw it immediately when he went out in the Green Bay game. Point blank, the, the machine was running smoother. It didn't matter. Every it's that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's like when you take one person out, it's no way that our, our offense should have been looking the, the way they were looking. And then you take you remove the quarterback and you put a, put a, another quarterback out there, and it's run, running like a will or machine. For the first <laughs> half, the second half they're terrible. They're, they're they're equally as terrible in the second half. Every single game with Jalen with Jalen Hurts, it's just the way it was. Look at the numbers. No, you you look. You have to look at the numbers. And Carson Carson's not even putting up any numbers in the first half. He's not doing anything. He's blowing chunks. Let it go. You you wasted a hundred million dollars. I gotta say, Hollis, you were on. Uh, you stopped in our show last night, Hollis. You were right. Way back in the beginning of the year, you said he's got to earn it. There's just too much competition, and uh, you know you you got it. And there it is. Well, we got more to talk about, especially uh, speculating. On the on the next side, which offensive lineman went to Doug in week four and said bench Carson? That ought to be interesting. You guys, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia. We'll be- All right, everybody, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. We are back. If you guys aren't watching on Facebook Live, we do the pre-production of the show every Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. Make sure you join us over there. It's kind of fun, uh, even when we're trying to figure out sound issues, which we will get through. This is our first one, and I think we're doing pretty well. We had a good one. Oh, and look, and if you are paying attention right now, you'll find out that Slash isn't creeping in his whatever room that is right now. He finally has some light. We weren't sure what you were doing over there, bro. Whatever I was doing, I'm uh, I'm finished. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a five minute break, not a forty five second break. <laughs> Hollis, I want to get right to you, and then we're going to uh, uh, go to Sack and Diaz. I want your speculation on this per Jeff McLean's article, and I know some people don't like it. English can't stand Jeff McLean's article. But I want to know which offensive lineman you think was the one that tried to dime out Carson and said, hey, we're looking pretty good, and you need to bench this guy. And I believe he said, uh, if I remember correctly from the article, this was week four. Week four. Hollis, who do you think it was? I got to go with Jason Kelsey, mainly because he's the only one that pretty much played every game. So he he would know what's going on. Sack. I hope it was Jason Kelsey because nobody else in that line had any clout to say a damn thing about anybody else's play. Um, and week four was actually their first week when uh, one of the season when they beat the 49ers and Carson played pretty decent in that game. So, I mean, you know, it, Kelsey's the only one that I could see that actually would actually, like I said, had the clout, the audacity to be able to walk up to a coach and say, Hey, listen to what I'm saying. Diaz. Uh, I, at first I thought it would be Lane, but then I, I don't think he played in that. It, well, 
I, I you got to go with Kelsey there because he's the only one that has the clout. But the 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 interesting thing is if if he went in week four, that just means he's been sick of it for a while now. Um, Carson did play pretty good against San Francisco. Uh, you know, they won a game, but perhaps that was because Carson was calling Carson plays and the entire offense is like, yo man, we keep practicing these plays. You call these plays. We get to the line and we keep changing stuff. You gotta, we, we gotta make a, a, a change here. They didn't even know what Jalen hurts was in week four. They, he had like three snaps and second team snaps in practice with no training camp. I, I mean, it must've been pretty bad around that part. Um, if they wanted to replace Wentz that early uh, before he started to lead the league. Well, he's probably leading the league in interceptions and fumbles at the time uh, there too. But uh, for it to go all the way to 12 weeks, whoo, it must have been a dark place in the NovaCare Center. <laughs> I'll say this. I hope that it, was, it wasn't one of two people. Uh, Jamon Brown, I, for the love of God, I hope that wasn't. <laughs> I, 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 hope, I, was I really hope it wasn't Jamon Brown and Jason Peters, uh, for the love of God, maybe five years ago you had the clout to say something like that. But, man, I really, really, really hope it wasn't you, fraudy guard, speaking <laughs> up and trying to get the quarterback bench. Damn you. Damn you. No, no, no. Damn you, sack. I was going to say it was Peters, man. I actually – because he's the one person – that needed an excuse. I was going to say Jamon Brown, but I couldn't remember his damn name. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sam. Um, I was just going to say, uh, Brian Walden said Alshon. No, it was an offensive lineman. Okay. <laughs> read, read the article. <laughs> no, I read the article. I'm just, I'm just speaking for the group. No, it's, it's great. And tell the group, hey, Brian, pay attention. Offensive <laughs> lineman. Offensive <laughs> lineman. It's all good. Uh, next, Carson's an ass. Well, that's my opinion. It, it's you got paid to be an elite quarterback. If you can't be an elite quarterback, at least be an elite leader. And right now, that doesn't seem to be the case. You you lead by example, right, Tank? Yes, you do. Yeah, right. you do lead by example. And, um, and I don't, I didn't know if he was going to act because I don't think Zach heard the other part about. Um, about the other part of the fixing of the food of the people he's uh, been uh, mean to. Okay, I'm kind of just looking for a yes or no. But okay, go ahead, yes or no. No, yes. He's a jackass. All right. Um, but here's the deal. Now everything that he's doing is affecting the entire team. It's not just affecting the entire team, but it's also affecting the ability for us to go out and get a real coach. Now, Perhaps that's not in the cards, all right? If you think about the history of Andy or of Jeffrey Lurie's tenure here, all right, it's not it's not a proven commodity. That's he's you know the Chip Kelly experiment, all right. Everybody hated it, but that's not a pedigree NFL coach. And I don't know if you get that opportunity because pedigree NFL coaches don't leave their teams, but. The pot from which to pick from just seems like it's getting thinner by the day. And I, I want to know, how long do you think the, the Howie and, 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 and Wentz vanity show is going to last? And how much longer is, is, is that something we're going to put up with? Tank, what do you got? Wait, wait will, you, will you say the vanity? Um, it, it's an unhealthy relationship. And it was an unhealthy relationship before Howie, too, with, the, uh, with Joe Banner. We've lost a lot of players, and when and when every time we've looked for a coach, 
the ones that are highly coveted to have has another opportunity, they leave because of what's going on uh, uh, in that front office. It's a it's a, a unhealthy thing. It's untraditional. It it really it really hasn't been working because every time we get down to the wire, like now, and we haven't picked a coach, and nobody's going to come here with Howie in in power. Diaz. Uh, I'll second that. And, you know, we want to talk about the coach. Quimby, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This coach is a stopgap coach. This this coach is is here, going to be here for three years. As long as Howie's in charge, it doesn't matter. What coach wants to be here? We love this team. We're fans. We love it. Hollis played for them. He's He's got history. No one wants to coach this disaster of a team. This Wentz thing, you know, Wentz is going to – Wentz is going to – like, I don't even know how the, people can follow him in the locker room. Um, you know, so it, like, oh, this is a, a good job. This isn't a good job because what they're looking for is a guy that's going to do what Howie tells him. What coach wants to come in here, even if he's brand new, there's only 32 jobs and he and he can't pick his staff and, and, and the, the front office is going to tell him what quarterback to play. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, I want there to be a good coach, but there's not going to be anyone revolutionary. All this thing about emotional intelligence, they were looking for a pushover. And nothing's going to change if, as long as Howie's still there. Uh, Diaz, that is so well said. Uh, honestly, that's one, of, that's one of the most lucid things I've no, I've I've heard you say in, in a while. I, I think that's awesome, and 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 it brings up a question, and it's not on the run sheet. And I'm going to go to Sack first, and then I want to hear from Hollis, and I want to hear from Diaz again, and it's <laughs> based on this unhealthy and unnatural relationship that exists in the top two positions of our football team, our football team. I want to know, do you think Jeffrey Lurie is a fan? Because if you're a fan, you don't pull this crap. You don't let it continue to happen you, if you can't see the writing on the wall, I mean, do you know how you build Super Bowl teams? You have to have chemistry. You have to have people in play that have played together for a long time. Tank will agree with that all day long. I don't even need to ask him right now. All right. You have to have draft picks that have evolved with teammates over the years they have to work everything has to mesh and you have to have a coach oh my god how many coaches do we know that have had absolutely incredible super bowl runs but they've been with their team for 10 or 15 years i even want to give andy reed credit there even though i don't like giving that fat bastard anything <laughs> all right well they last they lasted longer than three years this is the quickest thing ever it, it it it's you're right. It's a stopgap. It's it it's it's a jumping point to the next po- uh, to the next spot. So, Zach, based on that, do you think Jeffrey Lurie is a fan of this football team? And even more importantly, and bo- uh, and you guys have to ask that uh, answer this question as well. Do you think he's a fan of his fans? Uh, to me, listen. I think any owner. <clears throat> excuse me, has that thought process in the back of their mind that they have, they have a fan mindset to it. But 
you have to put that aside and you have to be able to, to look at your, at the business side of things and put the right people in the proper positions to help them. Uh, succeed. Don't use that phrase. No, <laughs> well, obviously he doesn't know what the right people in the proper positions are because he's allowed Howie Roseman to still stick around and put his fingerprints on this franchise. Now it's, it's no surprise to me that the two worst possible head coaching positions are still available right now. I mean, ding, ding us here in our situation right now, we don't even know what we're going to do with our, with our franchise quarterback. We have our, like, we're not allowing whoever we're going to take. We're not going to let them come in and put in their own coordinators. We're just going to hope that they're going to be a puppet. And then you look at the Houston Texans, you know, in their situation with, with what's going on over there with, with Deshaun Watson. It's funny that the fact, that we're looking at these two as the two worst head coaching openings right now. And the Jets, the Jets and the Lions just filled their positions. Well, wow. the Lions. The, the Lions. Lions. Everybody the Lions. The Lions. Yeah, let that let that sink in, folks. The Lions have filled their position before we have. And you and you all you have to credit it to is how we being here. First of all, you can't as a coach, Doug came here because he had to come here. Doug came here because nobody else would come here under the current makeup. Any coach, any coach with a set will ha- has to have his own GM because the GM knows what that coach needs to play with. He doesn't want to have to be the coach and the GM. They need to be on the same page. Howie has his own personal agenda and and for the most part it has done nothing so when you when you look at it this is the last stop and just like sack said said a second ago this is a bit of a stepping stone if you've never had a job point i can i can stop my, my argument right here with this right here the offensive coordinator for the buffalo bills who used to be here said no thanks he said no thanks he's going to stay in buffalo he, 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 they was going to interview him for the head coach job here. He said, no, thanks. He used to be here. He knows the crap show because I, I don't want to have Kyle do extra work. He knows the crap show that's going on. So if, if, if that's what we're talking about, we're never going to get a coach, uh, a real coach, a GM. If they, if, if it keeps going like this. So he Frank Gordas, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He, he actually, J- uh, Josh Daniel does, uh, Indianapolis coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, you said uh, what you said, Quimby was is uh, is Lori a fan of the fans, and does he understand how to uh, run a team? I, I think I think he's just so insulated from everything. And when he, you know, we've met him before, and he he's very polite, insulated or isolated, insulated from the fans, isolated. I can let you guys doing. know how isolation works. I I just did it for a week. <laughs> Are we talking about isolation? Let's just let's just talk about the the, the Eagles because we are fans and, and we think that they're the best and we want to go to the games and we love them. We're still going to travel. And we're still going to be loud. But this is the fact. Let's just say how he can turn this around, okay? And then all his picks for the next two years work out. Well, we're not going to know that for five years. We've got an we've got over the cap here. Who is the coach? Oh, I'm going to build around Quez Watkins. Uh, well, what is it? What is that going to happen? Do you know what this team's going to be like for the next couple of years? Any free agents we get? And, and Hollis, I'm going to use you as an example here. Please don't punch me. But we're going to be like when Hollis well, it was with Carolina. It's a team. I want a job. I want a contract. They're not going to be building a culture. It's going to be a bunch of guys that are coming over here. And it's we have no core here. We have nothing to build around. We're over the cap. Our quarterback is whining to the owner. And Howie's behind everything running the strings. Until he's he, as long as he's here, man, it's it's eight and eight at best next year. Eight and eight at best. Uh, damn, that's depressing. 
Sorry, man. No, your pause, your pause was necessary in that situation where he said 88. Zach. My my problem with what Diaz just said is I'm sick and tired of hearing, like, we got to wait to see what the benefits are of these players four to five years down the road. Why can't we become a franchise like the other successful franchises that are drafting in the 20s and in the early 30s, and they can go out there and they can pick an impact player that is going to immediately be on the field and making impact plays from day one. Why is it so hard for us to find somebody that can do that? Like, we, like, are we that incapable of finding somebody? Like, we can't screw the six pick up, right? We just we well, can't screw through the six pick up. Well, th- Zach, this is th- like, yeah, one player. We don't need one player. They can nail the six pick. And then they can nail the 15th to the 20th pick next year. We need 15 dudes. We don't need one guy. Yeah, okay, we drafted Justin Jefferson. He would have been a better receiver. Uh, that doesn't change this year. It, it gives us a slightly better outlook for next year. But we need a complete offensive line. We need defensive ends. We need a safety, at least one. We need cornerbacks. We need another running back. It's, it's, all, it's all a mess. One guy at the sixth pick isn't going to change things around from here. We need a completely new team. It's it, not- it all I'm sorry, Zach, go ahead. It's okay. It's it's not just one guy. But my point is, is why do we have to continue to screw these picks up and not get the guy or a bunch of the guys to where we can build around and actually be proud of the team that we can put out there on the field? Because right now we don't have a damn single guy that you can sit there and go, eh, well, maybe the future. Eh, Goddard always hurt. Sanders always hurt. Like, I'm tired of the hurt factor. I'm tired of that stuff. I, I want to look at my team just like you know, our, our team. I want to look at them just like other franchises and their fans get to look at their team. And, and, and that's the part that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And Thomas Palmer is right because the Eagles general manager is always the smartest person in the room. <laughs> and he's not a football guy. And yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. That is the problem that exists. And the root of all of, uh, of all evil. We ask these questions time and time again. And we're about to take a break here on Green Legion Radio. Same question we asked time and time again can be answered with one simple segue. Bad owner, bad general manager, bad coach, bad players. That's what happens. We won a Super Bowl. Tank and I talked about that on Monday night. We got lucky. We got lucky. There was no way you could possibly think Nick Foles would come in and lead this team to a Super Bowl victory and a Super Bowl MVP for him. We got lucky. Lucky. And now we're finding out everything that we didn't want to feel was going to take place after we gave away the farm to get Carson Wentz. So consider that while we're going to break. Everybody, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia. We will be back. Oh, and brought to you by Bud Light. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, Bud Light, baby. I'm sorry, John Dorenzi. I'm trying to find Bud Light down here. I haven't found a market that has it yet. Uh, I have refused every other brand that they seem to carry. So I'm drinking Imperial Light. This is a Costa Rican brand. It's the closest that I can find that tastes to Bud Light. So I will continue to do that until I find Bud Light or your ass gets on a plane and brings me a case of beer. Yeah. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, brought to you by Bud Light. Back right after this with a sack attack. 
right, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. You guys, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, uh, it's 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 a complete – it it's entertaining as hell. You should <laughs> log on to Green Legion, the, the Green Legion on Facebook, or Diaz, how do they get on us on YouTube or Twitter? YouTube, YouTube we're also at the Green Legion, and on Twitter, it's at Green Legion. All right, so uh, we're we're broadcasting this – production live the day before we air. If you guys are listening to us now on Fox Sports The Gambler, it's just past 8 o'clock, or no, it's just before 8 o'clock on Thursday. Uh, But we record this on Wednesday because we're not really good at what we do yet. (laughs) Everybody else is. I'm not. Speak for yourself, sir. (laughs) Way to reel them in. (laughs) Hey, come on, guys. Come on. No. But uh, we're just we're just trying to fine tune everything, and, and and it's pretty fun. But as uh, we are going to start having every week on the last segment coming in to the top of the hour, it's time to talk a little NHL, baby. And we have the man for that plan. It is time for a sack attack. Man, I thought I was going to talk some baseball starting out, but uh, if you want if you want hockey, we can go with that as well. Uh, the Flyers in this young season so far have started out three and one. Uh, they swept the, uh, the, the first two game set that they had with the Penguins. A lot of goals were scored on both ends of the ice. Um, the Flyers defense has not looked good. Um, they, they ratcheted it down just a little bit, um, towards the end of the second game. Uh, Carter Hart really played well over the last two periods of that game. Um, and then they come out against, uh, Buffalo on, uh, on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, didn't look too well. Um, you know, Carter Hart was pulled after giving up four goals. I don't know exactly what you really wanted him to do with any of those. He was left high and dry on all of them for the most part. Don't give me that look, Diaz. Um, and then they pulled him and they put in Brian Elliott. And Brian Elliott, uh, through the rest of the game, gave up a couple goals. And Brian Elliott stole them a game on Tuesday. Um, the, the Flyers struggled for the most part of that game. Um, but hey, when you have a when you have a veteran goaltender that can go out there and save forty one shots and steal you a game, that's exactly what he needed to do for this for this hockey team. Um, right now, the Flyers are struggling a little bit with injuries as well. Um, Sean Couturier is going to be out at least a couple weeks with a uh, with a rib separation. Um, it didn't look too. It didn't look like much when you saw it on the replay when it happened the other night. Um, but hey, listen, man, you can't tell another man how to feel pain, and uh, so he's going to be out at least two weeks, could be three, which means you're going to be listening to him over the next eight to twelve games. Um, and then they're missing uh, Phil Myers, who was set to have a MRI today. Um, I, the last time I checked, I haven't seen anything on that. And Morgan Frost, who stepped into the lineup and took over Sean Couturier's role. Uh, playing at center. He also got hurt in last night's game. Um, so right now the Flyers are struggling a little bit with injuries. But, um, hey, 3-1 start. We'll take that as they're going into a nice two-game set here against the Boston Bruins, which is going to be a very tough matchup for them. Um, the Bruins aren't exactly what they used to be. Um, they're st- they're getting a little long in the tooth. But when you have a championship pedigree like the Bruins do have, um, this is a good measuring stick for the Flyers coming up here over the next uh, couple games. Um, outside of that, let's go talk some baseball here because uh, the, the Phillies did make a nice pickup with Archie Bradley. Um, go ahead, Quimby. I'll, I'll let you take this one. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. We're uh, uh, we're preparing for Get Tacked on Monday, and it's noon, and uh, you know, we see the Archie Bradley signing. All right, Comes in, and immediately – 
upon signing a one-year $6 million deal to be a reliever in this bullpen, which needs more help still. The first thing that Archie Bradley does as a Philly is tweet, sign JT. (laughs) Gotta love it. If that doesn't, first of all, all right, Archie could have a bad season, but he's going to be endeared by the city immediately just for that reason. That is Philadelphia right there, man. I love it. Sorry, Zach, continue. It's okay. Uh, Diaz had his hand up real fast. I, I do. You, you just We just went right into Phillies, and I'm excited about the Phillies, too. Hopefully they start on time. But I got a quick question for you about the Flyers here, Zach. Sure. What I'd like to, what I'd like to know is um, uh, franchise savior go- uh, goalie Carter Hart, 22 years old, um, he gets pulled uh, after giving up four goals 28 minutes into the game on Monday. And then they had a back-to-back on Tuesday, and the 22-year-old savior of the franchise can't play in the back-to-back, yet the 35-year-old Buffalo Sabres goalie plays 99 minutes over two games. Can you imagine if Joel, if he was Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons? This is, a, this, is a, this is a tragedy. This is terrible for the fans. He doesn't care about winning. I, I heard he was down to Pat Stakes every day in the offseason getting a double cheese fries for every single one. So how, how come Carter Hart can't play back-to-backs, but a 35-year-old goalie can? Discuss. Are you done? <laughs> wow. that, that level of stupidity uh, reigns supreme here on uh, Green Legion Radio. And it, the and it slowly comes game of the year. has got to sit. Let's also real quick. The plan all along was for Elliot to play the second half of the back to back. Okay. He wasn't supposed to come into the first game, but if you actually watch the game, you actually watch hockey, you would tell that the Flyers just didn't have it that night. And Elliot came in and he played well. And actually, I think it helped him for the next night because he had a familiar opponent. But if I want to get back to the Phillies real fast, okay. So the, the Phillies, and I, I asked Greg Murphy as one of my five questions last week. I asked if the Phillies were in on any veteran, you know, starting pitching. And I heard Greg's answer, and he said that he wasn't sure. Or he, he said no. Uh, but the Phillies actually are looking at a couple of veteran arms that they can add to the starting rotation, uh, guys that you actually may know, uh, Anibal Sanchez and um, Julio Tehran, who used to be, a, um, used to be an ace of the, of the, of the Brave staff. Um, they've had scouts looking at those guys. Last week they had Corey Kluber out looking at him as well. Quimby, what do you got? I, I, I just want to chime in and say, you know, uh, Right uh, around Thanksgiving, I, I literally thought this Phillies team was going to implode before this season. And so far, I like what Dombrowski's doing. I, you know, it, 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 it's slow. There's not been a, a massive or a, an immediate uh, impact player signed, but hopefully that player will be JT. At, at this point, you know, let's let's – let's 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 go with what is familiar let's get him reeled in and then start working on more starting rotation i'd rather have that right now because uh, you know nap i'm sorry you know that's not it's not, not what i'm not what i'm looking for behind the plate uh i but anyway uh, i i just want to say I, I i like i like the progression so far i like the moves i like the you know it's not again uh, 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 season altering yet, right. but it, but it, but I like the direction. 
And it's like we said last week, Hollis, I'll, I'll get to you in a second. It's like, it's like I said last week, the market could open up at any given time. And the funny thing is, is since our show with Greg Murphy last week, the, the, the market has opened up over time. Um, so as you saw today, uh, George Springer signed a uh, six-year, $150 million deal to go to the Blue Jays. That is huge because that money going off off the market right now is less money that's going towards JT because if they didn't get George Springer, they were also to be in on JT Romuto, which is huge. And we've also had a report over the last week um, that the Phillies have extended an offer to JT in his camp for five years, a hundred plus million dollars, which now the number that's starting to come about is five years, 110. So the Phillies are that's not bad at all. That's not good. bad at all. That's, that's a good, that's a good solid deal right out there for him to take. Um, hopefully he jumps on top of that because at that point, your lineup starts to come together a little bit more. And then Dombrowski kind of knows what he can spend elsewhere as far as beefing up that starting pitching a little bit more because as much as me and Murph tend to like the top three guys in this rotation, I don't know that I can rely on another year of Vince Velasquez. And I, I'd like for Spencer Howard to take another another step in the right direction, but the guy hasn't pitched more than 100 innings in a professional baseball season. I'm a little worried about that with some of the injuries. And then the bullpen, he's made some nice low-end quality moves that are going to go in there along with Hector Neris, who's already been here in mainstay, and you're going to get some guys back here coming up the season. But I like some of the low-end moves that he's made, but I think that there's still more pitching depth that's needed in both the bullpen and for the starting pitching. And I'll tell you what, guys, maybe another thing, Quimby, because you say that you're not really excited. like You're, you're excited about some of the low-end moves that, he, that, that Dombrowski's made so far. But I'll tell you what, what makes the Phillies' moves – look a little less watered down or a little more watered down is the simple fact that you look at what the other teams in the division have done. The Braves and the Mets, they've done sexy things. You know, the Nationals have done sexy things. You sex know, day. they're all, you know, they're, sex all, they're, all, they're all JT and they're not real. <laughs> they're bringing I, sexy back, baby. I the Mets have definitely done some sexy things. <laughs> you know, uh, hey, uh, you know, uh, we, we already, <laughs> we've already touched on that end of things. Uh, just, no, we didn't touch anything. We only grazed the tip of it. So, <laughs> anyway, Hollis, you got something? We got thirty seconds left before we take our break before the top of the hour. Well, when you come back and talk about this, I wanted to uh, ask Zach real quick. Uh, do you think that these moves seem delightful because of the three ring crap show that's going on with the Eagles? Don't answer. It's for it's for the break. I'll Not answer that question. No, 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 you won't. Actually, this is great. We're going to come back <laughs> after uh, after the break here, top of the hour, and we're going to continue this conversation. Zach, uh, you know, we're not going to cut you off just yet. That's a great question. And as soon as we, we finish up, we're going to have a Shut Up Diaz segment. Ready, <laughs> fans. Diaz Nation Live. All right, everybody. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. Back at the top of the hour right after this. Green Legion Radio, stomp that, baby. Nothing better than a little George Clinton in one of my favorite scenes of any movie of all time. The PCU scene when they're throwing the party and they got George Clinton and Parliament Funk to actually play their house party. And uh, Gutter tried to uh, uh, to do a jump off the stage and get caught and just John Favreau landed flat on his belly. It was great. Anyway, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. 
We're finishing up a sack, a sack attack right now at the top of the hour. Tag, do me a favor. Ask Chris your question again so he can uh, he can approach and, and answer it for you. Okay, well, I, I asked him before the break. I asked him, uh, do you think you, that, what? I, I, I asked him before the break. <laughs> I asked He's only him, doing that because we're far away. That's why. Not, well, no, no, no. It's, it's something me and him have going on. I asked him before the break uh, about did you think do you think these moves would be so 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 awesome to us, giving the uh, dysfunctional thing things that are going on with our Eagles. Well, Tank, you know as as well as I do. I mean, probably more more than I do um, from having played with the Eagles for ten years. That the Eagles run the roost in this town, um, right or wrong, no, no matter how you want to look at it. Um, but if you it listen, I I don't think the Phillies' moves are 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 downright sexy and you know in terms of how you look at like what i said with what the mets and the and the braves and um you know the nationals have even done the nationals are going to get back strasburg this year um to go along with uh adding schwarber and and, and trading for josh bell um what the phillies have done it right Ow. now it what, what the phillies have done right now is enough to kind of like cover up what you really want because we all know we want jt back and i think the phillies have another decent move in the cards um, that's going to help this team out. But no matter what the Phillies do, this offseason or going into this offseason is going to cure what the Eagles are right now. And and the Eagles right now are a pig that you're trying to put lipstick on, and it doesn't look good. It's still going to be a pig. Diaz. Yes. Yeah, I got a question for you, Zach. I was thinking about this for the Sixers, too. Is it is it possible, or do you see, as far as the uh, Phillies this year, is it possible that they are a considerably better team than last year, but finish below in the in the in the standing? They might end up with a worse record, but be a better team. I think Dombrowski can build a better team. I mean, you can't get any worse than what the bullpen was, and I still think that, like I said, I mean, I look at their starting rotation, and yeah, like I, I like Eflin, I like Wheeler, I like Nola. Outside of that, what do, what do I honestly believe in in there? And then you know, if you look at the lineup, like yeah, you have Bryce, and you'll add JT back in there, but like, where else in the lineup are you are you secure with it? You know, like. I, I don't exactly look at this team and say, "Hey, man, I feel great about it." This team can contend can, can contend for the division. What can, what can uh, they do? Contend for the division. I don't think I don't think that they have a shot at that. I think maybe they have an outside shot at a wild card spot if they keep the playoffs extended. But even then, it's not enough to quench your thirst, Quimby. Uh, it's an interesting question, Diaz, uh, because you are referring to a Sixers basketball team that has come up short only because everybody has has seen it, uh, players on that team that have not lived up to expectations. I think this is a completely different animal. You're talking about what we've uh, – you're talking uh, – they're, 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 they're having a disappointing season. That, you know, they're ready to contend, but – They've come up short. Well, you're talking about a Joel Embiid that can't stay fit. You're talking about a Ben Simmons who can't stay healthy. You're no, 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 no. You're going to try, but you're not because I'll just no, no, no. We'll, we'll, we will get to the Sixers. My point was that I think the Sixers are, is the Philly are the Phillies going to be able to make moves to contend and then wind up not being able to compete in the division? Well, the Sixers are also. You know they they might be the fifth or sixth best best team in the East. Let's 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 be frank. They have not shown that they can do it. 
The only time they've shown that they could make moves or get deep into the playoffs is when they had a player, which they let go. Don't want to hear it. Broken record. Jimmy Butler. All right. Since then, you're relying on Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Two players that one is kind of living up to expectations. The other, we're still waiting in his fifth year to evolve into the player we all, or fourth year, fourth or fifth? Fourth year. Fourth year that we're all hoping evolves into a player. The moves the Phillies are going to make are going to be with players we know what they're capable of doing. There's not going to be any scrutiny. There's not going to be any uh, 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 subjective opportunity or, or just we hope. All right. It's not that. So interesting question. Not quite a fair comparison. I think I, we could go into the Sixers too. I don't, I don't, you know, we, this is a good transition. I think the point is, is not, is the moves that were picked up. Danny Green and Seth Curry are lesser players than Josh Richardson and Al Horford, but it makes them a better team. They might be a better team this year than they were last year, but because of COVID, uh, all these people sitting out games, the schedule being all messed up. Um, you know, we beat, we beat the Heat twice last week does it really mean anything are we better than the heat i don't know they didn't have their full full cast of characters if uh we'll see where the standings are in a week or so but as of two days ago if the season ended today then you know in, in, in the 10th game the Sixers would be facing the nets in the playoffs and there's they could certainly lose in the first round they might be a better team um but but finish below where we where we expect to be so i mean if we're we'd like to move into the sixers i, I i'm i'm totally game with it i think and I'm just going to say this. I really want you guys' opinion on, on this trade, and, and I said this earlier, too. Who do you think will be looking back in five years and, like, who's going to regret it more, Sixers or Houston? But, you know, Quimby, uh, Joel Embiid is playing at an MVP caliber level right now. So, And, and he's, he's, he's got the fourth best odds of MVP right now. So he's playing. He, he's he playing how he's, her, he says on Hernandez. He can't finish <laughs> his season. He's going to come out of the game fired. He's going to bat 400. By the All Star break, he's going to start getting tired. And, and so, I, you know what? I mean, it's great to see Joel Embiid playing to a level that he is supposed to. Everything we've expected. But until you show me a full season of it and you okay. get us into the playoffs, I could care less. I, I got you. And you know what? That's, that's fair. But also, it, you might be holding into a little strict thing here. I think. First off, it mostly comes from the non-process believers here, where it's like, hey, we we have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. They're supposed to be Magic Johnson and, and Shaquille O'Neal. Why aren't they? This is not a success. They are not winning. I think what happens is, is like you, we're saying what we expect from them. Listen, when Ben Simmons was drafted, I'm disappointed that he's not a great shooter, but he was never going to be a good shooter. He was never going to be good. We would like him to shoot. He shot two three-pointers in the first in one game the other night for the first time. So it's, you know, what are you expecting? If you're expecting Ben Simmons to turn into that great second option, it's never going to happen. Your expectations aren't right. Now, because he was drafted first overall and this and that, he's an all-NBA player. He probably is going to cap out at a perennial all-star. You know, that's probably all he's going to be, you know, runner up in the defensive player of the year, triple double. He's going to be an all-star, you know, and that is that good enough. No, that's not good enough. But don't try and think that he's going to be like uh, Jason Tatum. 
or uh, LeBron James. It's his fourth year. We'll see what happens here. But I think it's like draft. (laughs) Excuse me. What position was he drafted overall? He was was drafted first overall. Yeah. I don't know. I don't don't know. It's Okay. Let's just be realistic here. The first guy drafted in any draft never usually turns out to be the best guy in the draft. He was rated the highest. They drafted him. There's other guys that are good too. Brandon Ingram, pretty good player. He's pretty good. Uh, Lonzo Ball, not a good player. So it's kind of like, what's your expectation? It's like they're a massive disappointment. Hollis, you say it all the time. If they don't make it past the second round, they stick. That means they're in the conference finals. There's only four teams. There's only four. And Diaz, Tank has something he wants to add to this. Well, Diaz, you keep talking about the potential of people. All we're trying to get them to do is, is like live up to their contract. You know, the guys don't play every week. And you keep talking about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And, and you keep talking about potential. We are we in the same place we were before your process started. Process no, begun on eight. Yes, we are. We, have, we we got some we got some players now, and we got. I feel like Doc Rivers is is the guy to get get the stuff out of the players that we need. And you and you and you, you may be right, but I, I it's yet to be seen if we if we get past the second round. And so when you talk when you talk about like like what they're doing, you're supposed to start maturing maturing at some point. You have to start winning. It's like you because it's just like a job. If you don't start winning, they're gonna get rid of your ass. And it's I like it, and it's like it, and then the next thing you know, you'll be talking about these guys they, these guys suck and they're old. That's Zach, and that's good. Zach, you got yeah, my only frustrating thing that I have with the Sixers is the is listen when Embiid isn't on the court, whether it's he's you know like like they actually have somewhat of a solution for him this year where they could put Dwight Howard in there and Dwight Howard has played very well. Um, so I really don't want to talk I about agree. like the, I, I, yeah I, I don't want to talk about the games with which Embiid plays. To me, what what sticks out and bothers me is the fact that Ben Simmons is supposed to be the number two. He's That's supposed not true. Hold that on, no, no, true. He he is supposed to be Robin to Embiid's Batman, and when he is out of the lineup and he does not play, like he did not play last week, this team, it, it, the holes in this team that people can get to see when it's forty-eight minutes of basketball without Joel Embiid on the court. You're supposed to have that other alpha dog. And I listen, I don't want to give up what, what the Nets gave up in order to get James Harden, but the, it kind of makes me sick in a way that somebody, somebody of that ilk was out there in the trade market to where the nights that you need to give Embiid off because his knee is stiff or something else is stiff or he's, he had too many crab fries. Like, well, like you, you have a guy that can be the alpha dog and take over games. They just don't have that right now when you want to give him a night off. And it's frustrating as a fan. Don't talk about uh, stiff. We already had the lights off with slack. <laughs> That's what I was going for, but, you know, hey. I think, I think the we already on. talked about the Mets. That's a, it's a fair point, and I think what happens when people say something like that, Zach, is because of where he was drafted and the process and everything that goes along with that. The fact of the matter is Tobias Harris is the highest-paid player on this team right now. You know, he's getting the most money. So if we want to talk about contract, Tobias Harris is being paid to do that. I think what happens is we got, you know, he's a first overall pick, so he's supposed to be this way. He, he was, we, we knew he wasn't going to be a good shooter, even if he was willing to shoot, which is the more frustrating part about it. But, you know, there's other developments in other players. Shake Milton is turning out to be something that we, a, a legitimate, he's a six, 
six man of the year possibility. Uh, Tyrese Maxey picked 21. He's like a top five rookie in the league right now. So, you know, with Ben Simmons, is, is he not a leader? He's a defensive player of the year candidate. He was all NBA last year, 13. That wasn't voted on by, you know, jabronis like me who are just filling in ballots. He's a two-time all-star. He's a perennial all-star. And that just might be where it ends. So to ask or to, to expect, you know, we say these are the expect, expectations. You know, Sack is same kind of thing. Like, I, you know, I harp on uh, Claude Drew, who I think is a great player. But when he doesn't score in the playoffs and it's like, well, this, well, that. And you could just end it by saying he doesn't score in the playoffs. Just like you could say Ben Simmons doesn't shoot, so he's not worth the money. Fair point. But I think there's a little bit more nuance than just that. Uh, You know, he he is a leader of the team. There's a fun stat, and this is is weird. I don't have the actual, you know, who it's a tribute to. But there's a stat in the NBA, one of these advanced stats, called three-pointers created. What they do is they add up all of the three-pointers you've made and then all the three-pointers you've assisted on. Since Ben Simmons has been in the league, he's the second behind LeBron James, and he never shoots. So if the fact is you want three-point shooting, Ben Simmons, then like Steph Curry, as the amount of threes he makes and the amount that he assists on is less than what Ben Simmons assists on. So a lot of that has to do with him not shooting and passing out of it. But, like, if we want three-point shooting, he's creating three-point shooting. It's just when he's wide open three or four times a game, it'd be nice for him to take it. He'll probably miss. So, you know, that's really where we are, you know, on Simmons, at least in my mind. Zach? No, I'm just happy that we finally have a segment called Shut Up Diaz because I've been waiting this whole entire time to tell you (laughs) to shut up Diaz. Uh, But, yeah, if if Tank or Quimby have any bit that they'd like to chime in, Quimby, go ahead. Right right now, uh, uh, the funniest part of this is what you don't hear on Fox Sports (laughs) The Gambler uh, here in Philadelphia, and it's Tank on his phone commenting in the Facebook live room when Diaz is just going on his rift. <laughs> really? Tank, Tank, I always appreciate your support, man. You're, you're, you're the, you're the man, dude. Uh, but, but what I wanted to ask is what do you guys think in five years? Houston, you know, traded Harden for a ton of picks and Oladipo is on an expiring contract. Ton of picks, picks for eight years. Uh, what do those picks turn into? Do you, who do you think will be more sorry in five years? Houston, they didn't take a perennial all-star that they could have had, or the Sixers who didn't get hardened for a couple of years? I feel like the uh, the Houston Rockets are going to uh, are going to be sorry for, uh, sorry for not coming to the Sixers for this because I don't think the Nets are going to win a championship. I think we're better off staying staying put where we are because we have a young team that's been growing together. And that, and that's when 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 you talk about team Quimby was talking about it earlier about where you build where you draft where you draft people and you build a team and they learn how to win together. It's like we 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 I felt like we needed to get away from Brett Brown to get a coach to get a coach here to uh, to actually hold guys accountable for what they for what what's going on. So I feel like we we're in a better position right now, and I feel like five years down the line that we will be handling our business more than if you brought a mercenary in here who notoriously dribbles the ball hundreds and thousands of times, you know, it's a, it's, 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 it makes for bad basketball. Zach, what are your thoughts? Uh, the, the trade to me, listen, the, the Nets are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They're going all in right now. They weren't exactly sure what was going on with Kyrie. Was he coming back or was he not? Now you have, with Kyrie coming back today, uh, now you have three elite guys that are going to be in that lineup. Now how you're going to fill in the rest of it, we all know how that goes in the NBA. 
it's going to be uh, contract buyouts, and then they're going to have to make a decision. Hey, am I going to LA and playing with LeBron and AD, or am I going to go and fill out this bench over here in Brooklyn? Uh, however, that goes to fruition. We'll see how it how it happens. But but for the the next two to three years, the Nets are a primo franchise now in the NBA, and and they're going to be. They paid the price to be. But when you look at what the Rockets did for themselves, they were placing that corner. Um, they they thought they had all the leverage. They thought they had everything going for them. And then Harden one night just decides to go. Oh, hey, yeah. Um, it's not going to happen, and then you know I, I don't want to be here. And he actually emphatically said, it in twenty less than twenty four hours later, he's gone. Um, so they kind of stuck him into a corner along with the Sixers, and like, yeah, okay, like, yeah, you you could take Ben Simmons if that's what you wanted. You could take Matisse Thybul, or you can take you know Tyrese Maxey. However you want to go about it, they went with the fact that now they're going to have a ton of money available to them with the expiring contracts and all the plethora of picks. And what the picks become, we don't know. But that team right there, the Nets, um, have done themselves a, a, a big favor and their franchise over the next two to three years to where they're going to have three of the top ten guys in, in professional basketball. And uh, they're going to make a run at some championships now. And that's something I wish the Sixers actually had the ability to do. And uh, But we'll see. Well, you know, the, the one thing you say about the picks, obviously the Nets picks in the short term aren't going to mean that much. They're going to be, you know, in the high 20s probably or somewhere in there so the picks that are really going to be the valuable the lottery picks if the nets blow up like the kids they're drafting are in like fifth grade right now when you think about it they are so far away um you know they dress like kyle really <laughs> yeah, just like kyle. all right so just, just wrapping up the sixers talk we we're talking about the trade uh you know who's going to be more disappointed so i was thinking uh, uh for this segment thinking about trades that Philadelphia fans and teams regretted. So I start. I thought we would start closer to home, and I looked right at uh, Green Legion Radio's own Hollis Tank Thomas, fan favorite. Uh, Hollis, we know that you left, you left us. You left the nest back in 2006. I didn't know the, all the real details here, so I just kind of looked into it a little bit more. Turns out that the Eagles were at, uh, in the fourth round, had the 108th pick overall. We're looking to move up to 99th because, you know, we have to give up Hollis and, and, and a pick to move up to that 99th pick because there was a prospect on the horizon that the Eagles just had to have. And who was that prospect that the Eagles drafted 99th overall, Hollis? Max Gene Giles. Nacho <laughs> <laughs> Gilles to the Eagles. Hollis Thomas and the 108th overall pick goes to the Saints. So, you know, 10 picks later, uh, who did the Saints pick with that 108th pick there, Hollis? Philadelphia's own Jari Evans. Oh, <laughs> radio pro bowler, all pro, future Hall of Famer, and Green Legion friend of the program, uh, Jari Evans. We gave up Hollis Thomas and Jari Evans for Max John Gilles. That's, <laughs> that's a Howie Roseman type trade right there. Just ridiculous. And there's a bunch of other bad trades, but I oh, my gosh, that's just disappointing. Two players for that. Oh, God. <laughs> honestly, honestly uh, with all that's going on with the Philadelphia Eagles and, 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 and our fears moving forward, thanks, Diaz. That was a big kick in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the kick in the nuts was the Carson, uh, what we're finding out about Carson and Howie in this relationship. But what you just said there was the follow-up uppercut to the jaw after somebody goes down in uh, in the hunkered position after getting kicked in the nuts. Well, so, we're cold <laughs> and miserable up here, dude. We want you to feel just like us. All right. So we want to, uh, 
<laughs> you, we, don't, we don't want you having too much fun down there. Yeah. I'm not. I'm relaxing. The biggest part of my day down here is figuring out what I'm going to cook for myself. How about that? Ooh. You ever been to the pool? I've been to the pool every day, and I've been drunk since <laughs> I've been here. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, good time for a break. Everybody agree? Yes. Yeah. All right. When we come back after uh, this next break, we are going to dive back into Eagles problems. There's still some to talk about. We also want to get into not so much what happened last weekend in the NFL playoffs, but what could happen moving forward. And uh, there's going to be a little segment where Super Sam gets in there and, and has something to say because she is a big fan of Tom Brady. We all know this. It's disturbing. I know. You know, it, it, I don't know if she's jealous of the wife. I don't know what it is. But uh, we're, we, we've got some stuff to talk about when we come back from break. Everybody, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia. Brought to you by Bud Light. Back right after this. <laughs> All right, everybody. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. Zach Diaz, once again, thank you for the insight on Flyers, Phillies, Sixers. It's it's excellent. You guys are are, are, are true marksmen in your trade, and, and, and we appreciate that. However, the core of Green Legion Radio is obviously Philadelphia Eagles, and let's get back to that for a second because – Man, with everything going on, I, I still have topics, and I, I and I want everybody's opinion on, on some points or questions that I have. But I also am looking, God, for a silver lining right now with the Philadelphia Eagles because everything. I mean, you're coming off a four-win season. Uh, you're coming off a coach getting fired. You're coming off a, a tremendously public unhealthy an unnatural relationship between owner and general manager. And there's, there's been nothing fun to talk about. There's not, there's been, Hey, though, this is awesome. No, hasn't been part of the equation. So does somebody have something to say about that? Diaz. Quimmy, you're looking for a silver lining. I'll give you six. The Green Ooh. Legion is traveling next year to Las Vegas, Denver, and Red Rocks, Carolina, Atlanta, Dallas sucks, and of course, Punta Cana, because there's no hell, no, we ain't going to Detroit. So that's Not, six moves right there for you. Yeah, I appreciate Detroit. that, brother. I appreciate that. You missed one. We will always go down to that crap hole FedEx field every year, but we won't go up to the swamp. Yeah, so, I mean, D.C., come on, I, whatever, you know. I hear you. That stadium sucks. I hear you. Sack. Well, he went with six, six things. I'm going to go with the number six. It's the only silver lining that I can find out of us being as abysmal as we were. And that's the fact that we're going to have the number six overall pick in this year's draft. And if you look at the players that are out there, it's very hard to screw up, Howie. It is look 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 me in the eye right now, okay? On this stream yard feed right now, Howie. It is very 
very difficult to screw that damn pick up. And when you do, I'm coming for you. <laughs> and I'm not joking around, Howie. I was wake up in this damn friggin' couch, pull-out couch bed for the last week and a half, sitting here waiting for you to screw up my top draft pick. Hollis, Kobe, who are you going to take? Uh, I think they should take Patrick Tain the third, or, or, or the receiver, the Heisman Trophy winner, if he's oh, there. When I go like this, that means pull back. Come on. Oh, okay. All right, pull back. There you go. Yeah, there you okay. go. Good things, muzzle, muzzle. All right, but, but there is no silver lining to me. It's a, uh, it's a, I thought I had something, uh, but then it kind of went away. <laughs> I was like, hey, hey, I was like, hey, uh, hey, uh, oh. well, I'm, I'm keeping that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and listen, if Haas can't remember his silver lining, that's because uh, he's probably been hitting some of those uh, tasty Bud Lights. Uh, during the show, and we've been going here for two, 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 almost two hours now. How that's a lot of Bud Lights for my man Tank, my man, my man. I'm, I'm a right. man, and I win. I got a question for you guys. We're going to start with Sack. We're going to go to Hollis, and then we're going to go to Diaz. I want everybody's opinion on this question because it's important. All right, you've got every reporter in the city that is trying to dive into. Every issue at the Novacare complex. Can we agree on that? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Jeff McLean putting out an article on Monday uh, that was extremely divisive. If you really want to boil it down, there's nothing about that article that endears the team to its fans, endears its players to its coaches, endears anybody that plays football on this team to its general manager, it is divisive. It's negative and it hurts and it sucks. And I can't believe three years removed from a Super Bowl victory. This is where we are. However, the point or the question that I'm trying to ask here, when you have every single reporter in the city, whether they have a reputation or they're trying to make a name for themselves. No one still has been able to find out why Roseman possesses what allows him to stay in this role. Nobody. And, Zach, please, give me your take on that, man. Well, that's because all the leaks come from Howie Roseman and his front office. I mean, that's the only way that this works, right? Is because, like, if, if you look at it, that he is giving them everything that they want to hear. And what he did was, is he backed the bus, the truck, the train. He backed everything over Doug Peterson to make him out to be the scapegoat. Now, I didn't want Doug to come back. Now, I know everybody has varying opinions on this. I, I wasn't very sold on what Doug did this year, and I, I thought that I wanted to see our franchise quarterback with a new head coach and a new offensive coaching staff. Um, I know other people have different opinions than I do on that as well, and it, which is okay. But I look at it like this. Howie is the smoking gun because when nothing else comes out on this guy ever from any other point, he is the guy that everybody is getting their inside sources from. They're just playing it pretty damn stupid when you want to look at these press conferences when they're all trashing him. 
um, to to Jeffrey Lurie, and they're trying, but they're they're covering up their tracks, and that's exactly what they're doing. You can't tell me otherwise. Mm. Well, it, it's interesting you say that, but I, I well, I feel like where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, when you uh, look at the way th- the way that they're doing things, and they refuse to change it because they feel like they have set the goal the gold standard. <laughs> they said the gold standard exact, and so when you when you feel like that you're right all the time, nobody can tell you anything. Especially when you have the the f you money in which uh, uh, Jeffrey Lurie has. He has f you money. He doesn't have to listen to anything we saying, or he had doesn't have to, doesn't have to lift to listen to anything anybody else is saying. He feels like Howie is the man. Howie, we have one Pro Bowler in the last seven drafts that Howie has made. One pro bowler, and when you bring and when you bring a coach in here and you try to dictate to him what, who, what, when, where, and how things are done on a football field that you've never graced, that you, that you, it's like it's kind of I don't I don't know where he gets off thinking he could uh, thinking that he could judge talent or pick talent when he struck out on pretty much everybody he's picked, and and the thing with Carson, the thing with Car, the thing with Carson, you run it's a team. Everybody, everybody needs to be treated the same. And with this, uh, we, uh, we we had this discussion earlier uh, about uh, about the Carson thing. What is, what does Carson do to get to get endeared to to where he get the head coach fired? Point well, blank. he's how he, he's how Howie Roseman's fanatic poster. <laughs> exactly. We all know that. We all know that. And 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 to. And I thought Howie was not going to come back from the Chip Kelly thing, and 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 he brought him right back into into a prominent position, and to to choose the next coach. He survived three coaches. Name one GM that survived three coaches. Name name me one. Yeah, yeah. So you're he, up. Took, he took the word Hollis. He took the words right out of my mouth. You know, uh, you know what's going on here. Jeffrey Lurie is is. Uh, is uh, loyal, probably loyal to a fault. Um, you know, he's had Joe Banner, a, a childhood friend or whatever, and then he goes right into Howie, who was there for 15 years before he took over. And, you know, the general manager uh, has now hired his third coach or fourth coach. or he's, Yeah, Reed, Kelly, Doug Peterson, and, and now uh, he, he, he hired Reed. He didn't hire Reed. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. But he's been with this. He's been with him. Okay, but, so, but three and, three coaches in eight years. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And if you tell me all those years with Reed and all those years where we were just hoping and praying, could you imagine we won a Super Bowl and the coach didn't retire? He didn't take a leave of absence. They fired the coach three seasons later. That is just insane. Uh, you know, I'm not saying Doug was, was some great coach or anything. He should be have a pedestal, but we. Our, our president of Diaz Nation, Captain William Demps, defending our freedom down in uh, Virginia, had a great post this week where he listed all these Super Bowl winning coaches like Brian Billick and John Gruden and and all these different coaches that have you know won Super Bowl and and the kind of leeway that they were given. And we didn't give that to Doug at all with a with a just terrible draft record, uh, a bloated salary cap, and, and a terrible medical team. Oh my gosh! I, we're saying the same thing over and over, but it's just pure frustration. Zach, uh, oh, my! I I read Captain Dem's list, okay, but that can also be taken the other way. You can sit there and say how much, how many more years that they were given, how much longer of a leash that they were given. But if you look at it, 
they probably should have got fired just at the same time frame that Doug got fired. Sometimes you can't just sit here and hold on to these guys for too long. You have to get yourself out of your own way. Now, how we should have went out the door along with Doug, because really in reality, they should have set, they should hit the reset button on both the front office and the coaching staff. And they didn't do that. And I think that's the parts that's most frustrating for the fan base. When they look at this and former players like Hollis, when they look at this situation right now, that's going on with the Eagles. Like they, they know that how we should have went out the door along with Doug. And they, and they look at the fact that Doug was scapegoated. He was in a lot of ways, just like Jim Swartz was, but this team is beyond frustrating. And just to, just because other teams have, have done it in the past where they held on to these guys, these Super Bowl winning head coaches for another seven, eight years after they won a Super Bowl doesn't make it right. You could take it the other way and twist it just the other way around. Hollis, you look like you had something to say. Well, I was try- what I was trying to add to you guys and, and help you guys out with the how with the Howie thing. Just m- remember this: there's been it's a, the GM for the Indianapolis Colts, the GM for the uh, Chicago Bears, the G- the GM for the New York Jets. All of them have been here under Howie, and all of them have used the Eagles as a stepping stone because after a couple of years, they can't take – write this down, Kyle. They can't take Howie's point blank, and they're, and they move, and they're moving on. If you, if you look at everybody everybody that's been here that's been quality, quality talent evaluators, they have moved on. The guy who fleeced the, the, guy who fleeced the Eagles – for that trade from the Saints, he was here for two years. My boy Rick Mueller was here for two years, and he told he told me distinctly he was like, "You're never going to get anybody to stay here because because uh, Howie has his hand too much in the scouting department and the people who are choosing players who know what the hell they're doing." At, at, uh, amazing, e- exactly uh, everything you just said, so on point. So uh, Tank and I talked about this on Monday. All right. I want to ask Sack and Diaz both uh, a couple of questions. First, all right, we're talking about the nature of a relationship that doesn't seem to be working, and that is heir apparent throughout the entire team. All right. We're talking about an unhealthy relationship between owner and general manager. We're talking about an unhealthy relationship between general manager and franchise quarterback talking about an unhealthy relationship with franchise quarterback and everybody that's tried to tell him what his North Dakota, not Ohio State ass needs to do. (laughs) Okay? So, now we're finding out that Terrell Wentz or Carson Owens, whichever way you want to go with this, is not working so well. And here is the big question of the night. And we only have about three minutes left, so Zach Diaz, try to keep it condensed, all right? Big question. Next year, Carson Wentz, barring an injury in training camp or along the way, all right, he's still our guy. He is going to take the field as the starting quarterback making $30 million next year or this year. And... Everybody in Philadelphia has him on the watch list. We are going to scrutinize him more so than we ever had, especially when we were only considering his health as an issue moving forward. So, Zach, first, Diaz, right after that, what do you think is going to happen? 
if and when, because it's a when, it's not a when, it's a when, he steps on the field and he does something monumentally stupid or terrible or is consistent with it for a few quarters, this city is going to give him no leeway whatsoever. And when he starts getting booed, what do you think is going to happen to his psyche? I think that was a big part of what went wrong this year. There were no fans in the stands. He wasn't, he wasn't held accountable by the fan base. And, and listen, he has been booed in the past and he has played better coming out of that. So if if we're going to sit here and we're going to talk, talk about the man's psyche and where it's at, it's put up or shut up time. It it, like in a a lot of ways and, and, and all reality, Okay, you can sit there and you can tell the coaches, hey, I'm not going to do this or, you know, you're not going to, you know, with the the front office and the owner and the general manager, the fans are going to be the ones that hold you most responsible in this town. It's always been that way. It will always be that way. And Carson Wentz, if he really wants to get back into the good graces of the fan base, it's time to stop with the crap right now and get ourselves right over to Diaz. Uh, well, you know, Quimby, you say that this is an unhealthy relationship between the owner and the general manager and the quarterback and them. I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with it. This is the strongest relationship that anyone could imagine. It might be the strongest relationship in the city. Nothing can tear these three apart. Uh, you know, we're saying what's going to happen next year. Like, honestly, you know. I understand the cap ramifications, and it's completely insane to get rid of Wentz and his cap hold and all that. Listen, we're already in cap hell. I would rather just, you know, take my punishment for a year. You know, the second year it's a little bit easier and move on. He's going to be here, and you know, we said he held he was held accountable. He blames everybody else around him. He says whatever he says on the on the thing, but you know, I I don't think he could be a part of the locker room anymore. Uh, you know, and it's just it's just a shame it all turned out this way. Uh, I, I I agree. I, I yeah, very very well said. Uh, yeah. All right, so we have ten minutes coming back on our final segment. We're going to continue to talk about this. Uh, Diaz and Sack, if you want a little bit more time when we come back in on this final uh, final break uh, or, or final segment, we're going to do so. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, one hundred two point five FM, Philadelphia. Brought to you by Bud Light. Back for our final segment right after this. everybody green legion radio fox sports the gambler 102.5 fm philadelphia brought to you by bud light we were getting a little short on our time before we hit this last segment diaz sack do either one of you have anything else you wanted to add to that final or last question that i had nope we all good captain we all, all good right. we can move on q <laughs> all right all right so i think it's just a a, a simple uh let's uh Let's talk about two games that we have coming up and what everybody thinks. And uh, after that, we'll get it, uh, we'll get to get off, uh, get it off your chest. I think Super Sam has something she wants to talk about there. <laughs> and, uh, so, Zach, anything you want to get off your chest, baby? Well, uh, first of all, I got I got one funny and one not so funny, but um, I'd like to congratulate Philip Rivers on his 17-year career. Now he can either learn how to back out of a driveway or pull out of a driveway, or him and his wife can finally st- take the time and focus on starting a family. 
<laughs> One kid for every year he was in the NFL. I, uh, my, my serious one, as, as most of you guys are aware, um, I just won my battle against COVID. Um, I was pretty much uh, bed stricken um, in here in my guest room on our, on our guest bed for a, a full week. And I was in isolation from my wife and my kids, and I was unable to give them hugs and kisses. It was probably the toughest week I've had in my life. Um, I've done all the right things and, and had abided by all the protocols, but I'll tell you what, for those of you that aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing, please situate that and get it right. Um, because what you're going to do is you're, you're putting other people at risk, um, where they're, where they're not going to be able to take care of their families. Uh, luckily for me, I've been able to take care of mine and I've had the requisite time at work and, and, uh, we have plenty of money in our savings account. Um, but at the same time, guys, take it seriously. COVID is nothing to joke around with, and uh, it hits hard. It hits hard, and it hits fast, and uh, I hope none of you have to experience what I just did. So uh, moving on, whoever wants to go next. Well, we, we appreciate you being back with us, and I'm sure your family was fine with you being away for a little while. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I got something here, and it is a joke. And that joke is the Miami Heat and our friend Louise down there. Uh, you know, we just beat you up two times in a row last week. It, this is a, such a what is what a crappy sports town, Miami, Miami Heat, and Jimmy Butler the fraud can't even show up in Philly to play, letting his team down. Oh, I thought all he wanted to do was win. I'm telling you, times are tough right now. The economy is is doing okay, but uh, I just keep racking up a bar tab. That's I, I'll take everyone out on Louise's dime. Uh, whenever we get to settle up here, because he's just owing me drinks. I can't drink enough uh, for as many drinks as he has. So, you know, Jimmy Butler stinks, and uh, so does Louise. Uh, Hollis, you got something? Uh, yeah, quit using our show as a social platform to get, get back at other people. <laughs> when we say get it off your chest, we mean about sports. We don't give a damn how many drinks Luis owes you. Because, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, I do, I do, I do, I do care about that. You care about that? (laughs) Deepest apologies, though, could be, but 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 I think I highly doubt any of the rest of us give a damn. Uh, The one thing I do want to get off my chest is I'm tired, I'm tired of uh, the uh, athletes and and stuff not earning their keep. Um, Everybody continues to give them excuses, sack, uh, as a... as I continue down this road, we uh, this game we call life, it's like it's it seems like nobody earns their keep anymore. Nobody earns their position. Everybody's scared of competition. Do you know you? And everybody keeps saying, uh, "You're cliche, cliche, cliche." My ass, point blank. You never know, you never know the uh, the thrill of victory without the agony of defeat. So you when you when you when you get defeated and you see the other team celebrating. You know that you need to work a little bit harder to come back to beat them to get where they are. It's like we continue to give people jobs that haven't earned them, and they expect respect that they haven't earned. Point blank, you need to. You need to. I'm not gonna say that part, but point yeah, blank. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like it, I, I just get tired of people like annoying people before, uh, to, when they've done nothing. Point blank. I I, I got to jump in here to get this off my chest. We talked about this on Get Tanked, and it was the diva question. Mm-hmm. Who was the bigger diva, Owens or Wentz? Mm-hmm. Owens, Owens went and, 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 and left the team because he was promised a contract, which he lived up to the year before. Wentz, I got to be honest with you, man. Brother, 
You are not the golden child here in Philadelphia. You have six, six playoff snaps to your name, and you have been paid a crap load of money for something that you have not yet earned. I do not want you to do anything except what you are told. You did not get the key to the castle. You got paid a lot of money for speculation. You have one job. Listen. And you're not doing that. And I think this is the downfall of the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Moving on. We got two games coming up on Sunday. Super Sunday, right? I think Super Sam still needs to get uh, something off of her chest. Oh, my God, she does. I forgot. Super Sam. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. All right. Take yourself off the mute, Sam. Yeah, we take yourself off mute. Take yourself off mute as well. You, you want me to do it, Sam? Sam, you want me to do it? You want me to do it, Sam? Because I know what it is. Oh, Alice, let her go. I'm, just, it, I'm just a little annoyed because I have someone, some quarterback out there getting credit for winning a game that he did not win at all. Keep going, <laughs> Keep going, baby. Keep going. Keep going. No, I mean, he. the defense won that game hands down. Tom Brady is crap. He did not win that game. I cannot believe that he's getting credit for it. I can't believe he's taking credit for it. I can't believe people are praising him for it. It's ridiculous. I want to try not to curse right now, but I am so fired up about this. I can't believe this is really happening, that people really care. Hold on, hold on, Diaz. Diaz, if you defend Tom Brady, the next time I see you, I'm going to kick you in your teeth. Thank you. I just have something to say to Sam. Uh, Sam, my dear, uh, doth protest too much. Is that the right quote? I think we all know how Sam really feels right here. Mm. Yeah, you hate him. Everybody, let's move on. Two games coming up. We've got Green Bay at home versus Tam- Tampa, Tampa Bay. All right. And this is an interesting line. Minus three and a half. All right. Very interesting line. The dreaded hook. Yeah, the dreaded hook. Uh, real quick, Sack, uh, Tank, and then Diaz, you got 20 seconds on this. Sack, go. What do you think? Uh, Green Bay is going to handle Tampa Bay, and they are going to go home crying. Tank. Uh, it's a revenge game. That's why the line is the way it is, is because Tampa Bay throttled Green Bay earlier this season. And so, and I feel like it's a revenge game because I, I feel like we, if you go back and watch the game from early in the season, look at Aaron Rodgers' face at, at the, towards the middle to the end of that game as they're losing. He knows that it's mostly his fault. And he's trying to exact what we call street justice. Green Bay! I think the Packers come back hard. I think Aaron Rodgers is angry. I think he's probably going to be the MVP of the year. They're going to play in the cold. We don't want to. We know not to go like you know Tampa in the cold. But uh, I think uh, Green Bay is going to run all over them. Uh, I got them by eight. And for that reason, I'm betting Tampa Bay. Everybody. (laughs) All right. And then we also have Kansas City minus three against Buffalo, and this seems to be the most fun game to speculate about so far this year. Sack. State Farm is going to be very happy with Super Bowl 55. 
because you're going to wind up getting both of their sponsors, uh, both of their both of their you know guys that they have, and the, the two biggest names. It's going to be Pat Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers in Super Bowl Fifty Five in Tampa Bay, and it's going to be a hell of a matchup. Tank. Uh, well, I would have said uh, Kansas City, but you know uh, somebody got fired by Andy Reid, and a lot of people don't realize that. And, and, and when you look Ron at when you look at baby. exactly when you look at Sean McDermott, he's a he's a Jim Johnson's uh, he's a he's a Jim Johnson uh, disciple. A true when you say when you look for a disciple of somebody, he's a true Jim Johnson disciple. Just look at the way the defense is made up. And I feel like they're primed for the taking. They played a game earlier this season in the sixth week, and uh, Kansas City barely won. Now with the with the with the loopy. With a loopy uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes or the uh, the dumpster fire that's called uh, Chad Henney, uh, <laughs> I think I think I think they're primed for the taking, and I, and I think I think their streak is here, point blank. Diaz, uh, I how could I give up on my boy MVP Josh Allen? I know Hollis, that's really what you're saying here too. Hollis, uh, Josh Allen is going to uh, run, run, run all over the Chiefs. Hey, it's. The Chiefs haven't been able to run the ball without Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And, you know, I hope Mahomes plays. Uh, I'm going to go against the grain here. I'm going to take the Bills of Buffalo. I'm actually with Diaz on this one. I took Um, the Bills! Oh, (laughs) I was just talking about Josh Allen. Josh Allen, Hollis's favorite. (laughs) I I literally think uh, the writing is on the wall with the one element that nobody is talking about. All right, everybody, you talk about Buffalo, and you immediately bring up Josh Allen. I want to bring up the fact that if it wasn't – all right, I get it. Uh, Buffalo win may have distorted Justin Tucker's kicking ability. All right, but Buffalo held them to no touchdowns whatsoever. Buffalo's defense, the one element we are not talking about here. All right. Three field goal attempts, one was made. I think that Kansas City is going to have their offense. Uh, there's going to be – it's going to be a challenge for them. It's going to be a challenge for them. I go with Buffalo. Anybody else have anything they want to say? Ten seconds. Good. For that reason, we have a perfect song set up for our final out here on Green Legion Radio. Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia. Thank you to all my hosts. Thank you for putting up with me while I'm trying to crack the whip and get this sound proper. Diaz, I know you hate me right now. I love you. Zach, thanks for getting that rebooted tank. Love you to death. Super Sam, appreciate everything. Kyle, as always, working way too hard and not getting paid enough, (laughs) and that's because of me. You guys, we will see you again next week.